0: In today's show, we're looking at players who might be buy lows players who might be sell-highs. We're also looking at Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at redrock underscore bball, and on Instagram, at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are with a buy low and sell high show. As a reminder, a buy low show does not mean or a player that's a buy-low does not mean you have to acquire that player does not mean you have to trade for that player it just means that if their manager is frustrated with their performance and you can get them at a price which is cheaper than what i think their rest of season production is you go ahead and do it a sell high does not mean you drop the player it does not mean you have to trade them away it means you can absolutely hold it and just ride it out but if someone wants to overpay for the current production with the expectation that it continues then you do it that's all it is this is not an exhaustive list These are not the only five buy-low players in the NBA. These are not the only five sell-high players in the NBA. This is a selection of guys who I think are really interesting to look at. So, let's talk about it. In fact, let's start by looking back at the show from two weeks ago. So, we've given these buy-lows and sell-highs two weeks to marinate, to percolate. Um, And let's see how they went. The buy-lows two weeks ago were Josh Hart, who was ranked 236th. He is now 125th. Okay, that's a win. Scotland Barnes was 225th. He is now, in the last two weeks, 130th. He was always going to jump back up. Devontae Graham, and not as much of a leap here for Devontae, but he went from 190th to 160th. I'm not convinced that Devontae's even a must-roster 12-team league guy. Cade Cunningham was a great one, 154th up to 47th. I think top 50 is absolutely possible for him rest of season. And then Julius Randle. Hasn't really improved massively, but still gone up a little bit. One sixteenth up to 100th. I think he's fine to continue to look at as a little bit of a buy low. On the sell high front, Rob Williams was ranked 16th. He's now 25th. He is dropping back a little bit. He's going to be in that, I'd say, 25 to 45 range rest of the season. Joshy Giddy, that was a straightforward one. He was 25th. He's now 108th. Maybe a little bit of a buy low creeping in. The future MVP, Kyle Kuzma. The most obvious sell high you'll probably ever see all season uh, uh, outside of his teammate, who we'll talk about in a second. Kuzman was 28th. He's down to 72nd. Don't be surprised if he falls back outside the top 100. Dan Gafford. This was the easiest one. He was 45th. This is when Harrell was out and Bryant wasn't playing. He was 45th. And while I liked Gafford, I was really worried about what they were going to do and you had to sell high. Well, over the last two weeks, he's 253rd and he's a droppable player. If you cashed in, congratulations. And Malik Monk was 36th. He's down to 137th. He is just a really fringe 12-team league guy. I believe he is their best option. So that's why in some cases I would consider holding on to him. But I don't think you have to. Like if you wanted to drop him, you could. But that sell-high window obviously slammed, high, uh, slammed shut a, uh, a little bit of time ago. And we've seen those numbers for him drop down pretty quickly. Let's look at our first sell-high for today. We're going to go to Oklahoma City and talk about Shay Gilgis-Alexander. Shea? has had a weird season, I think it's fair to say. He's been up and down. He is the 41st ranked player for the year, but over the last two weeks, he's up. He's the 14th best player over the last two weeks, and he is ninth in points leagues. He is doing this averaging 27 points per game. That's a lot of points. Now, without fail every week, at least I would get a couple of questions. Hey, Josh, um, are you worried about Oklahoma City shutting down Shea Gildas Alexander? And if you want to frame it as, am I worried about Shea getting an injury? Then yeah, I'm worried about every player getting an injury. Like I'm always worried about that. And the Thunder don't have incentive to make him return earlier from an injury. Am I worried about the Thunder sitting him down with a fake injury and not being injured at all and just not playing him games? Not in the not in a, in the slightest. Like I think that there is it. He will miss some games. I think that he's had ankle and knee soreness um, all season, but he's playing a ton of minutes. He's playing a ton of games. He's not really missing anything. So this. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they they pull an L. Horford on him and they just say, Shay don't play for the last two and a half months. There's almost no way that happens. Um, but a lot of people are fearful of that. So, yeah, you can factor that into your sell high. But he's also shooting over the last two weeks a lot better. He's up to 52% on his twos. He's That's in helping him average 27 points. His usage is up to 33. It's under 30 for the season. Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah. Um, His blocks at 0.9, that's a really big number for a guard. His assists at 6.9 is higher than the 5.4 for the season. He's also at 1.4 steals, which is higher than the one steal he's averaging. So he's tying in increased shooting efficiency, field goals from 42 to 48, it's a big jump. He's tying that in, along with increased usage, increased blocks, increased steals, and increased assists. All right, so... You only need one or two of those things to drop for his value to fall back. I think you look at Shea as a 25 to 38, 40-ranked player rest of the season. If someone gives you top 25, I would take it in a deal uh, pretty comfortably. Let's look at the crucifix now. Christian Wood. Woody has had some real struggles this season. We're all well aware of that. He was a guy that I was taking around that 40 to 50 mark, and that's been shocking. Like It has not worked out at all. He is the 92nd ranked player this season. He inexplicably has forgotten how to shoot free throws for most of this season. But in an interesting twist, they're improving. He's at 62% from the line over the course of the year. But over his last six games, he's up to 72%. He's also um, hitting 47% of his threes. And he's at 37 for the season. So over the last two weeks, I haven't said this, he's the 20th ranked player, 22nd in points leagues. He's also doing it, averaging 1.5 steals. Now, he averages 0.8 steals for the season. 0.8. It's a very big difference. Last year, he averaged 0.8 as well. So he has basically doubled his steal rate over the last six games. That is going to jump someone's numbers way up. Now, I think that yeah, looking at Wood as a top 70 player rest of the season is absolutely fine. Is there a chance he has traded into a smaller role? Yes. But I think it is a minimal chance. But I do think it's a chance. But the thing you look at there is the three-point percentage is through the roof. That's really improving his three-pointers made. It's helping his scoring. His um, field goal percentage, his two-point percentage is pretty solid. His steals are doubled. And his rebounds are up as well. And that's not with you know necessarily increasingly high minutes. So for Woody, again, top 70. Top 50 is a a genuine possibility. This might be a case where you ride it out, but if someone wants to give top 40 back, I'd do it based on the fact that both of those percentages and that steal rate are almost definitely uh, on the way down. Price picks isn't, though. They're on the way up. Have I told you about price picks? You know I have. Price picks is NBA DFS made easy. And you guys, listening to this podcast, I've got a great offer for you. 50 bucks free. If a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you've got to use the code NBA. It's an exclusive offer for Lockdown fans who use the code NBA. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, threes, whatever it is. You pick two to five players and go over or under on their individual projection. And that's it. You can win up to ten times your entry fee. It doesn't just have to be basketball as well. You can put multiple sports in there. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well. So go to pricepix.com today or use your app store and download the app. All users who deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first price picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first price picks entry scores a single point. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. NBA trade deadline is right around the corner. You'll listen to this podcast first, but we've got a big show coming up Thursday, February the 10th, 3 p.m. is the deadline. So we're going live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on the 10th of February. It's Kim Becker, it's John Corrales, it's me, it's Antonio Daniels. And we're getting analysis on every blockbuster move from us and the local locked on podcast network hosts so describe subscribe to locked on nba on youtube and turn your notifications on so that you know when we go live looking forward to that one um all right let's look at another sell high bam bam at a buyer. he's back he's in action and he's doing this without kyle lowry that is important because we saw the impact that Kyle Lowry has had on Bam this season, taking the ball out of his hands, really dropping those assist numbers. Now, it's not that Bam's assist numbers are particularly high at the moment. He's averaging four a game. But what he has done is averaging a shit ton of steals and a shit ton of blocks. Shit ton of blocks relative to what Bam normally does. Bam is averaging an absolutely putrid 0.5 blocks this season. Since he has returned from thumb injury, 1.5 blocks. Now, you could say that the 0.5 is too low, and I agree with that. He averaged only one block per game last year. He averaged 1.3 the year before that. He is not a good shot blocker, right? So that 1.5, even if it goes to 1.1, right, it's going to fall away. He's a pretty good steals guy. 1.8 is insane. He's not going to keep that up. He's a pretty good free throw guy. 83% is a high mark. It is a very high mark. And again, you go, oh, well, maybe Josh, he goes back to 77. That's true. That's still a really solid mark. But 83 on six attempts per game is a very big positive. 77 on six attempts per game is actually a negative. And it's a Z score, standard score difference of about one, an absolute value of one, which is big. That is is a big mark to go from a positive 0.6 to a negative 0.5. It's a big drop. And 77, you look at it and you go, ah, oh, he's a good free throw shooter. Yes, he is. And it's the same as when I say if someone's a 94% guy and they go back and shoot 88, you go, what are you talking about? 88 is still sick. Yeah, it is. But in terms of the way it influences total value and ranking, it has a big impact. And the same thing goes on here when you drop from 83 to a still really good 77, it is a big drop off. Same as if his 1.5 blocks go to 1.1 or his 1.8 steals go to 1.2. Like, they are gigantic drop-offs. Bam is the 46th ranked player this season. And I think around the 40 mark is totally fine for him. Like, you you can look at that and go, that's that's totally, you know, makes sense. But if someone believes that Bam, who was drafted in the top 20, is a top 20 player, you take a top 20 player back in that trade. I would anyway. Let's look at the burner, Jalen Brunson. 50th ranked player over the last two weeks, Brunson is. 75th in points leagues. That's high, isn't it? Now, I absolutely believe that Bam Adebayo is a must-roster player. Uh, not Bam Adebayo, sorry, he is, yes. Jalen Brunson, I firmly believe that. He is the 86th-ranked player this season, the burner. I think top 100 for him rest of the season. Absolutely reasonable. Totally reasonable, in fact. But what's happening over these last two weeks? Well, he's shooting 51% from the field, and, and that is high, right? He's at 50% for the season, so it's still a number that can fall off, though, I think. What else is happening? Well, I'll tell you what's happening. 1.6 steals. Again, st- three-point percentage is the biggest fantasy rank modifier. Steals is up there. He's at 0.9 this season. 0.9 steals. It's not a big number. Last season, he averaged a horrific 0.5 steals. He is a shit steals guy. But over the last seven games, he has totaled 11 steals. He has just 32 others for the rest of the year. He going to be a drop-off, a big drop-off in steals. And that is going to influence things a lot. He also is a good free throw shoot. He's an 80% guy, but he hasn't missed one for two weeks. So again, you go from 100% down to 80%. That's like almost a two standard score drop. A two standard score drop, that is 30, 40 ranking spots, almost right there. So we look at him and go, yeah, must roster. And yeah, 14, four and five, he's averaging. And you go, What's, why, is, why is that not special? How am I selling high on that? Well, it's the gigantic steals. It's the big free throw percentage, which are a little bit hidden numbers, but they are boosting his value somewhat. So yeah, Jalen Brunson. Let's look at Herbalife Jones in New Orleans. He has appeared on this list before and he has been stellar this season. Absolutely breaking all of my expectations. It is very hard and I would say irresponsible if I was to come out and say Herb Jones was a 28% shooter in college and shot 65% of the line at the line. I'm going to project him to be a 40% three-point guy and shoot 88. If I did that for players, you shouldn't be able to trust anything that I said. You, you couldn't do it. Like nobody can project that. And that's why you know, when we, we're doing actual fantasy analysis on players and projections, that you're going to miss on guys. There'll be someone who come out and said, you know, I, I called Brandon Ingram's improvement. Or did you? Did you go out there and say that he was going to shoot 25% more from the uh, uh, free throw line and shoot an extra 13% from three point land? Like, if you did that stuff, um, good for you, but that means you miss 90% of the time because projecting that stuff's impossible. So, yeah, I missed on Herb Jones. Like, I, I didn't expect him to be this shooter. And, and anyone who's legitimate at what they do couldn't have projected this. There's no way you could do this this is not just me like saying, well, why didn't you hit on a Josh? Well, yeah, I'm giving excuses. It is actually irresponsible to have done that sort of stuff. But he's also taken it to a new level here. He's the 56th ranked player over the last two weeks in category leagues, 117th in points leagues, because he is hitting 69%. Giggity. Try again. 69%. Giggity. It's it's ridiculous. He's at 74% from two. He is at 62% from three. And while you will go, that's not a very high volume. Y- you're right. It's not. It's eight of 13 though. Look, that is a crazy, crazy number for a bloke that could not shoot. I'm still waiting for some sort of drop off. Maybe it never comes. Maybe he never falls away. Maybe he is, in fact, an 80% free throw guy, a 54% two-point guy, and a 40-plus percent three-point guy. Maybe he is. That's possible. But he is not a 69% field goal guy. He is not a 62% three-point guy. Even the 83 from the line maybe feels a little bit high. He steals, they're sort of fine at one and a half a game. The blocks have actually dropped off a little bit. The usage and scoring, it's really low, 13%. Like he's not a big scorer, big usage player, gets no rebounds, no assists. His value is coming from steals. His value is coming from some blocks and and a high field goal percentage, which is a wild thing to say. Can you be top 100? Yeah, on the back of steals, blocks, and percentages. That's what he does. And two of those things are things that I'm skeptical about, even though he's proven it for 40 games. Of course, he did it for 120 games in college and was nowhere near that. And that's where the disconnect in my brain, Yeah, and that maybe that's a blind spot I have, is that you know, I should be trusting Fred Vincent more. But I know that I've seen this for four years. Why is it so much better over two months? You take that information for what it's worth, but I'm telling you now, this, that shooting is not continuing. There is absolutely no way that that is the case. But there is um, absolutely a big chance that Bet Online wants to wish you a happy new betting year because here they are wishing you a happy new betting year. It's 2022, the NFL playoffs. Man, it was insane yesterday. Watching those games, it was crazy. I can't believe the Bills lost. Man, I wanted them to win. But I could have gone out on BetOnline and put bets on it. And yeah, maybe I could have made myself some money because BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. There's a new updated desktop site and there's the new mobile site as well. So why don't you go and use the promo code locked on and get a 50% welcome deposit bonus on your first deposit online is the place for basketball, for football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right. That sell-high section went too long. Whew. Jeez. All right. Let's do buy-lows. Do I want to rush through them? I'm not going to rush, but maybe we'll cut it a little bit shorter. Sean Holmesy Holmes. Yeah, he's a buy low still. He's back. People are frustrated. And again, I use the stuff when I talk about this, uh, because there are people who comment on videos and tweet at me and post in forums and all that sort of stuff. I see what people's opinions are. And I see the ones, hey, should I drop Rashawn Holmes? Hey, what's going on with Holmes? Hey, should I just get rid of him now? Like he's frustrating me. Like no, but that is out there. So people who have Holmes are wanting to drop. He's 106th over the last two weeks, 148th in points leagues. He's averaging just 22 minutes and three rebounds. Three. That's obviously not enough, is it? He has barely played over the last two months. He had surgery on his eye. He had COVID. He recovered from COVID. He's averaging 10 and 3. The 1.7 blocks are nice. The 88% from the field is nice, but he's only shooting 60% from the line. And he should not be averaging three rebounds per game. Like Damian Jones and Alex Len, they're not there to cut into his playing time. And while I do agree that Alvin Gentry does not feature him or focus on him as much as Luke Walton did, that is, I think that feels pretty clear. I also don't look at Rashawn Holmes, who has played literally 12 games in the last two months. I don't look at him and go, well, they're just going to limit what he does so that Jones can play. In his last two games, over the last week, Holmes is actually pushing up. He's averaging 13 and five. He's blocking shots again. He's shooting well. Now, he's a 79 free throw guy this season. So there is a little bit of a discrepancy in that recent number. I wouldn't look at him as a 79 guy necessarily. More 75, 76 rest of season. But there is obvious improvements in the minutes to come, and the rebounds, and the free throws. And I should you think you're looking at him as a top seventy, top sixty, best case top fifty guy rest of season. Um, Cole Anthony's been shithouse. Like he has been quite bad. And if you have Cole Anthony on your team, you're well aware of that. You know that he's been performing poorly. One of the big surprise packets of this season, Anthony. He's the 67th ranked player this year, but over the last two weeks, he's 208th. He's 101st in points leagues. Points leagues, you're a little bit annoyed, but you not as bad as categories because not only is he out there not scoring under 11 points per game, he's not getting steals, 0.4, and he's shooting at a dreadful level, 33% from the field and 68% from the line. Now, he was a bad shooter last year. He started out this season shooting really well. Now, is it foolish to suggest that he is just a bad shooter and he'll continue to be as bad of a shooter as he was last season. I don't think that's foolish to suggest. It wouldn't be what I would expect, but it's also fair to look at it and go, he was bad as a shooter in college. He was bad as a shooter in the NBA. He had a 25 game stretch where he shot really well and now he's back to shooting poorly. Is it fair to say, well, all all evidence suggests that he's not a good shooter outside of a six to eight week run where he shot well? improvement does happen and can happen. And maybe this is a temporary blip, but you cannot rule. Like if we, we were looking at this and go, hey, Steph Curry is shooting 25% from three for a month. Is he just a bad shooter now? Like we'd go, "No, nah, come on, mate. Like we know what's happened for this guy. But Cole Anthony, we look at it and go, maybe he's just not a good shooter. But in saying that, 33% will improve. Guarantee you that. 68% from the line, there's no way that's continuing. He might be a bad shooter. He's not that bad of a shooter. He is an 80-plus free throw guy. That is going to improve. He's not a good steals guy, but 0.4 steals is actually half of what he's been doing. He's been at 0.8 steals. So it's a big difference. Yes, usage has dropped with the return of Jalen Suggs, and I think it might drop even further when guys like Fultz return, if they return. And he might, instead of being at 26 usage, he'll be at 23, and that's totally reasonable. But this, he averaged 18 a game this year. Yeah, I think him averaging 14 or 15 is probably more realistic. It's just that what is killing you is the field goal percentage. It is so bad on such high volume that it is impacting you. He's actually down to 39% overall this season, which is basically identical to what he was as a rookie. So while he had that hot streak, he's down shooting badly again. Over the last two weeks, he's at 21% from three. Yeah, that's going to improve as well to some degree. I don't think we should look at what he did to begin the year when he was putting up top 30 numbers. is anywhere close to realistic. Even the 67 rank he has for the season, not realistic. Top 100 should be though. And we just hope, and we, even if that 33% from the field, that should go back to at least 39, 40. And the 68 goes to 83. There's 40 spots of rankings pretty much right there. At least, maybe 60 to jump you back up. Try get him. People are dropping him. People have dropped him. So try and get him for anything. Your 10th best player, your 11th best player, your three worst players, I would do it in a heartbeat. Another guy who's shooting terribly, Gary Trent Jr. Another guy at the start of the season, I was wrong on because I was like, I, I don't trust what this guy does. He's a bad shooter and doesn't do anything else. And then he came out and said, Josh, suck it. I'm going to average four steals a game and I'm going to shoot 48% from the field. And I'm going to go, well... I look like a dickhead now, don't I? Well, here we go. Gary Trent's back. He's only played two games since returning from his ankle problem, but he's doing the the problematic things. 60% from the line, under 30% from three, 13 points in 29 minutes. It's not just what he's done since returning from injury though. Over the last month of action, Trenner is the 259th ranked player. He's played 31 minutes a night and he's shooting 35% from the field, 69% from the line, 33% from three and under a steal per game. The gigantic steals may have been fake. The good shooting may have been fake. In the wise words of Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. Maybe. Maybe that's who he is. Maybe he is a 14-point-per-game scorer on bad percentages with not unbelievably high steals. Maybe that's who he is. Maybe that who I thought he was to begin the season is who he is and all that. But still, 295th is bullshit. Like, he is not a 30% shooter. He is not a 60% free throw guy. He's got one rebound in two games. All those are going to go up. Do I think he's a must-roster 12-10 league guy? Yeah, barely by a bee's dick. He is. I'm not convinced he's going to stick there, but for now he is. So just try and get him at a low price. Andy Wiggins. Um, is it the Clay Thompson impact? I think that's part of it. Because so we've seen Wiggins' um, usage drop. He is 198th over the last two weeks, 107th in points leagues. 21.6 usage for Andy Wiggins is pretty low. But he's pairing that with a somehow, I don't know how, 42% from the line. I know he's not a good free throw shooter, but that is, that is a new level. In saying that, Over the last two months, Wiggins is shooting 59% from the line. So he has been actually horrible. And he is like a punt free throw guy. But 42% is ridiculous. In fact, over his last four games, he's at 22%. This is underreported. Why is he one of the shittest free throw shooters in the league? Why is this happening? He gets no rebounds and no assists still. And his scoring and usage have dropped. Now, he's another one of these guys where I'm going much like Trent, where I'm looking at him and going, maybe he's just not a 12-team league player. I think that's probably not true. But not a top 100 guy, I wouldn't have thought. Point C's, it's a little bit different because you're not punished by his free throw percentage as much. And you probably do have to be punting free throws with him, to be honest. like He's been bad all year. He was bad last year. He was bad the year before. He's literally been bad since his first two years when he shot 76%. And then inexplicably, he's been a terrible free throw shooter ever since. So you got to factor that in. But this is a new level of bad. So there is improvement to come. And then lastly, Maximum Derek. Derek White. White's 116th over the last two weeks. He's 71st in points leagues. There is some improvement coming there, I would say. He is the 63rd ranked player this season, Whitey. He's a guy that thrives on defensive stats. And he's averaging 0.4 steals over the last two weeks. So there's your number one thing. He's playing also under 30 minutes. Add an extra one or two on top of that. And he's shooting a pretty putrid 38% from the field. Now, he's only at 42 for the year. But 38 to 42 is a significant difference. He's also at 78% from the line when he's an 86% shooter for the season. So there's big jumps in those percentages that can happen. His assists are strong. His rebounds are solid. He's hitting threes. He's scoring. It's all all in line. Except that he's gone from 1.1 steals to 0.4. That's a big drop-off. That 0.4, get that back to 1.2. Get your field goals back to 42. Get your free throws back to 84. And then you're talking top 60 again. And we know that when he slumps, people hate him. Is that a pushback to me liking him so much? Maybe, probably, possibly. So when that happens... You get in and you buy low. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.